What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast, we explore faith, spirituality, and the realms of paranormal, specifically through the lens of actually researching, studying, and decoding the ancient mythologies as well as spiritual texts from multiple different traditions, all in love and light. Um, and today I've got an incredible episode for you guys. If you're into mythology, this is your episode today. I have found some, I think, some incredible comparisons between Jesus and Lord Enki. Lord Jesus and Lord Enki. Now, let's just start this by saying uh, this is not a religious video. I'm not here to try to prove anything to you in a church sense or a theological sense or any type of religious sense. Uh, this is purely my opinion, um, so take it as that. I am not a uh, historian. I am not a scientist. I am not a pastor. I am a guy with a microphone live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Spotify, and Apple right now. So welcome, everybody. What's up, Dreamstar Oracle? How are you doing? Omar Brown, welcome, Juan. Welcome, Angela. Welcome, uh chloe thanks for being here hitley towers brian roberts thank you guys for joining uh, so as as we get into this again um like i said i'm not a uh you know a scholar when it comes to this stuff um however i study a lot i would be considered an autodidact and i had to look that word up a uh, good friend of mine over there um on his TikTok channel mentioned this earlier uh, you guys may follow um, Modern Mystic over there. So, uh, but he was talking about being an autodidact, and uh, it's a self-taught person. Doesn't mean that um, I haven't researched more hours than other people have. Um, in fact, I spent all day today, uh, and that was just one day out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days, and many, 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 many years that I have spent researching, studying, trying to figure out how all of this fits together into one narrative and ultimately what the truth is. I'm not here to spread any kind of conspiracy theories or anything like that, but merely just take a look at the data and try to say, okay, this is the most probable connection and archetype and understanding that we can get on a metaphysical level, but also what may have happened, what might our ancestors actually have been seeing and experiencing with the gods, the angels, the Elohim, etc. So if, you, uh, if you're brand new here and you like that type of thing, you're in the right place. So it's Friday afternoon. Pump this up, guys. Drop a ton of hearts over here on Facebook. Drop a ton of hearts on TikTok. Bump it up over on Insta. You guys share it on YouTube, wherever you guys are watching. Let's get the stream popping today. So thank you for being here. Melissa says, hey, soul family. Paranormal Messages says, hello, Gary Banks, hello, how are you? Carmen, hello, how are you? Wall Walker, welcome, my friends. Hope you guys are having an awesome, awesome day. So, um, and please don't interrupt my stream by asking to go live with me. Uh, I'm live on like eight different platforms right now. So there's just no way to connect someone without pre-planning everything so that everybody can have the best experience. So I'm going to be reading today from some new text. Yes, brand new text. We finished the Epic of Atrahasis. Thank God. Uh, it was a long one um, and very confusing, but we got through it and I think we learned a lot from it. 
Now we're going to get into a brand new text. This is called Anki and the World Order. Anki and the World Order. Okay. I'm going to drop that in the comments for you guys just so you know exactly what I'm reading from. You understand um, what the info is coming from that I'm sharing today. A lot of people are like, you don't cite your sources or whatever. Uh, and I do actually. Every description has uh, the actual text I'm reading from. This stuff comes uh, way pre-biblical, by the way. So this is Anki and the World Order. These are all myths, by the way. You know, oddly enough, everything before the Bible was canonized was called a myth. It wasn't until we got, you know, our, our holy Bible that we have today that we started saying this is the true word of God or whatever. You know, and that's, that's where I've uh, grown up within the church, you know, believing that type of thing. Um, and when you start to dissect the text and you understand the mythologies that most likely inspired the biblical canon, you start to make some big questions uh, roll around in your head. And those questions, ultimately, whether we get direct answers to them or not, are the questions that give us freedom, freedom to explore, freedom to express ourselves creatively, freedom to ascend, freedom to not be bound by any doctrine or dogma or any particular tradition that uh, we grew up in, unless we choose that. If we choose that, that's great. That's freedom of choice. You should have that choice. Um, but just because we've been programmed into our brains that this is the truth doesn't always mean that that's actually the truth. So it gets rid of our uh, conditioning that limits us. Yes, exactly, Chloe. Exactly. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Dreamstar Oracle says, happy Friday, y'all. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a fantastic Friday. Genesis, what's up? Rosie, welcome. Five tablets, welcome. Official Paul, welcome. Hope you're having a beautiful day. Uh, Christopher Dupont says, Baime and his wife had a son. Yes, um, a malevolent being. Uh, he had a seraphant head and one leg and was a trickster. Uh, yeah, and so you're referring to the uh, aboriginal uh, myth, which again is, is one of these myths that's you know, can easily be compared to the Anunnaki mythology, which is what we're going to be reading into today. So um, if you haven't heard of Anunnaki, Anu means from the sky. Uh, N-A loosely means to return to, and then Ki means earth. So those from heaven who came to or returned to earth um, is, is ultimately what Anunnaki means. So uh, Teresa, hey, how are you doing? So one of the theories that I play with a lot on this show, this channel, this live stream, is ancient astronaut theory. And uh, if you haven't heard of that, you may have heard of that on Ancient Aliens or Gaia Network or any of those type of channels. Um, you know, ancient astronaut theory is uh, a really interesting theory. Um, it's not a mainstream theory in, you know, being widely accepted. So don't take it as that, but it is an alternate theory that I find very intriguing. And for me, answers more questions than it leaves. Uh, the questions that it actually answers and, and puts a solving solution into the math maths for me, for my understanding. If it doesn't for you, don't worry about it. If it doesn't resonate, move on. You know, ask the source within you for truth, for, for enlightenment. That's all you can do, right? If it doesn't doesn't resonate don't worry about it okay um but for those that it does resonate with this is this is your episode today 
So I'm reading Anki and the World Order here. Grandeloquent Lord of Heaven and Earth, self-reliant Father Anki, engendered by a bull, begotten by a wild bull, cherished by Enlil the Great Mountain, beloved by An, King, the tree planted in Abzu, rising over all the lands, great dragon who stands in Eridug, whose shadow covers heaven and earth, a grove of vines extending over the land. Anki, Lord of Plenty of the Anuna gods. Anuna, again, the, the from the heavens, gods. Um, Ninmund, mighty one of Akur, strong one of heaven and earth. Your house is founded in the Abzu, the great mooring post of heaven and earth. Anki, from whom single glance, you got to read this in the accent, right? From single glance is enough unsettled in the heart of the mountains. Wherever bison are born, the stags are born, where ibex are born, and where wild goats are born in meadows. In hollows in the earth of the hills in green, unvisited by man, you have fixed your gaze on the heart of the land, like halal reed. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? Um, what does that sound like? Well, it sounds very Old Testament-y, Old Testament-y, right? Um, and again, this myth is uh, soups old, super old. Um, in fact, let's see if I can look up uh, when this myth was actually written. You, guys, even though I do all this research, you can't keep all of this in your head. I don't know how. There's just really no way to keep it all in your head. It's um, kind of an unreasonable task for anyone just to, to keep all of this stuff Um in order and to understand it in a linear fashion. Um, and why is that? Well, first off, there's a lot of miscommunication amongst these types of things. You're going to see a lot of YouTubers and TikTokers talk about this and they're going to throw dates out there and they're going to, you know, act like they know exactly what all this means. And I don't. Okay. Um, I study it a lot. I probably know more than most people, but I also know from further researching, nobody tends to agree on when these things were written. And every single myth is a little bit different. There are some myths where Enki and Enlil are not brothers, but most myths, they are brothers. There are some of the myths where Enki is the older brother and uh, Enlil is the younger brother. And then a bunch of myths that Enlil is the older brother and Enki is the younger brother. And it's it depends on what culture, what time, and how it was translated. And I can't read Akkadian, cuneiform, so there's no way for me to go actually translate these. I have to trust the people who have done it already and read the PDFs that are online of this stuff, mostly from scholarly websites like Yale, Harvard have uh, archives of this online. If you're looking for these, I highly recommend looking at some of those archives. Worldhistory.com or .org, I believe it is, has, uh, yeah, worldhistory.org has a bunch of excerpts from these, and some of them have the full documents. So it's a fantastic place. L Waters, how are you doing? Uh, Melissa says, I love you. Please do the voice from now on. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll keep doing it. Why not, right? Uh, you know, set this show apart from everybody else that just reads them online. So uh, might as well, right? Um, let's see. Uh, Jonathan says, my little research shows that Yeshua has incarnated several times 
as different people bearing different names from every generation throughout the history of mankind. Absolutely, Jonathan. I'm, I completely concur with that because uh, it seems like he's been here forever, even, you know, literally even manifesting in Buddha, right? I mean, just that awakened consciousness, you know, maybe Buddha didn't quite realize who he was at that point or that incarnation, but um, we know Krishna did, um, you know, Jesus did or Yeshua did um, or Isa in the other traditions. So, yeah, I mean, many, many different times, right? But what I'm going to share today, guys, you just wait. This this is why. This is literal biblical connections. And I want you guys to uh, pay attention to the document that I attached. Down in the descriptions, we got uh, some pretty interesting data that I've plugged together for you. However, um, some of it I was not able to speak as frankly as I might like to. Just keep that in mind. I've got like really cotton mouth today. I don't know why. Uh, bison aren't in the Middle East. I'm shook. I know, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and that's where some people tie this to like Native American myth too. Like this all being like the original mythology. Doesn't matter where, you know, you're reading it from. It's all kind of a core set of understandings. And that's, I don't know, that, that's an interesting theory as well. Um, okay, so the data I've plugged in has a bunch of the verses and the actual quotes I'm going to talk about today. But I think there's like literally some insanely cool connections to make between Lord Anki and Lord Jesus. And, you know, you can ignore it. We can argue about it. Um, and if you're coming at this from a religious point of view, None of this will work, by the way. None of it will work. The religious point of view is just not going to give us a very clear image um, because there's too much dogma connected in it, by the way. Hey, our goal on TikTok today is a thousand roses, by the way. So back up the roses truck, um, not the food establishment. Now, that's pretty good, too. Uh, love me some, uh, some of their Taco Tuesday. But since it's Friday, we're going to do roses. Thank you, Martin. Uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you, honeybee. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Uh, so Sandra says, Einstein, keep nothing in your headspace that is found in a book. Very good. Very good, my friend. I love that. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, Augustine um, says, Jehovah is Jesus here on earth. And uh, a little God kingdom in Jehovah the fountain of life almighty god is the father so yeah you know and jehovah is another transliteration of the original tetragrammaton which was derived from the i am um the i am being the state of awareness of your unity with the god source honeybee thank you so much my friend two 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 on the roses who else will match honeybee on the roses give me that two 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 we love that numerology Martin, thank you. 22 on the roses. Appreciate you, brother. Doxa says, um, L perhaps. Uh, Bibles could be read as L and Yahweh, two gods. Yeah, definitely. So just to give you guys like the very clear, like the base description here, you have <clears throat> the Canaanite pantheon will give you the clearest understanding of the pantheon of gods that were coming from the Anunnaki gods, counting elephants. Thank you, my friend. For the roses um 
the Canaanite pantheon translating over to the Anunnaki pantheon, which is prior pantheon. And within the Canaanite pantheon, you have El and Asherah, and they're begetting Yahweh and Baal and a bunch of different gods below them. Okay, like literally, you can't make this up. Then you got the whole biblical canon that's trying to smash everything together and say Yahweh did it all. He was the judge, the jury, everything. And that is not what the mythologies are. You don't have to agree with me on that. That's the data, okay? that That's literally the Canaanite pantheon, which predated the biblical canon becoming a monotheistic document, okay? So if you don't believe that, that's between you and your belief system. And I'm not here to try to wreck that. You know, go your merry way, live your life, um, eat, drink, and be merry, right? Um, but if you do want the data, go look up the Canaanite pantheon. You can go to Wikipedia and look at literally the, the pantheon. Um, and I'm not going to read that today because I've done that before. And, you know, I, I can rabbit trail on this stuff. In fact, putting together the description today, I had to really trim myself to a few verses because there are so many connections here between Enki and Jesus. And guys, I'm literally getting to the point where I, I, I quite literally believe that Jesus is Enki. It's the same entity. I, I, I think that he had returned at that point. Um, I think he was the original savior, right? And we see that Enki told his half son, you know, hey, there's a flood coming. Uh, get out of here, right? Um, thank you guys for the lightning bolts. Thank you, Martin. Appreciate you, my, my friend. Um, and so that's where, yeah, you have El and Yahweh are clearly separate deities, okay? Um, I also interpret these through ancient astronaut theory as physical deities, as a highly evolved civilization that we then understood as spiritual um, entities, and I think that people like Jesus, like Enki, taught the true metaphysics, the true spiritual technology, not the alien technology. The alien technology is what people were worshiping, and they were waiting for those gods to return to bring back that way of life that was the heaven on earth, the heavens on earth, right? And so then you have Jesus coming, and he's teaching metaphysics, and he's teaching about an invisible kingdom, one that you access within you. It's all about metaphysics. Um, and you have Lord Enki, who literally told um, Adapa or Adam in the garden that, you know, hey, you'll be like your God if you have awareness of this good and evil, right? And that was the awareness that they could procreate, essentially, and that they could be like their God. And then they were sent out of Eden because Eden had the, the secret tree. What's a tree? The DNA to allow them to live as long as the Anunnaki to take the upgrade and have a millennial reign or a multi-millennial 100,000 years in an epoch uh, reign, actually. Uh, not millennial, but an epochal reign. Um yeah, as children of the gods. And that's why they didn't want them accessing it. Well, if they figured out that they can procreate, now they can figure out that they could extend their life a lot longer. Let's get them out of here. And that was what Lord Enlil was like, no. You know, we're done here. You're you're out of the garden. 
you can't make this stuff up, guys. It's literally in these mythologies, and it way predates the Bible. Okay, again, I'm not making that up. You can go check me. Go look at all these documents. So I'm going to keep reading from Enki and the World Order. This is in 17 through 31. Now there are fragments of this missing, just like everything. Frank, or uh, excuse me, Prince of, uh, who was that that sent the lightning? Thank you. Prince of Time. Thank you for the lightning, my friend. Appreciate you. Um, orchards of immortality fruit are seen across cultures. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And offspring were referred to as fruit as well. So, you know, that's a big, um, and then I have this weird theory, which I don't even like sharing online, but the idea that, you know, food can affect genomes through certain technologies. And then if you eat a fruit that is developed with that technologies, it can actually upgrade or downgrade your genetic material over a certain period of time. Yeah. So maybe it really was fruit, right? Like just an interesting, yeah. So, uh, Lori says our true history does a ton on this subject. Awesome. I'll have to check them out. Chloe, welcome. How are you doing? Uh, oh, Chloe's been in here actually. Chloe says it can. Absolutely. You are what you eat, Dreamstar Oracle says. Absolutely. So getting into verse 17 in Anki and the World Order. Counting the days and putting the months in their houses. So far as to complete the years to submit the completed years to the assembly for a decision. Taking decisions to the regularize of the days. Basically, this is saying that Anki decided on the calendar, decided on the rhythms of the earth, and he computed, he uh, did the computation. This is my interpretation too. My interpretation is very similar to Zachariah Sitchin's. I did not get my interpretation from Zachariah Sitchin, but when I read his works, I went, oh, someone else like has put this together too. I'm not saying I'm near as good as him or as enlightened as him or whatsoever. I'm just saying you know, it's not like I read this book that was being promoted or something, and then all of a sudden that changed my worldview. These are things that I saw even in the Bible. Why is there technology? Why does the chariot of God literally hover over the river Kabar, and it moves wherever the spirit wills it in any of the cardinal directions um, with zero sound? It's just, and it will become in that place. It says it will be in the ne in the next place. That sounds like a UFO to me. That sounds like, in fact, it's called an Ophanim, uh, the wheel inside the wheel. And they they thought they were angels. They thought they were intelligent entities. Well, technology that uses bioelectric impulses or crystalline technology um, and quantum technology may very well appear to be living to an archaic person, right? And so just because the Bible says an angel in it, there's about a million different types of angels in the Bible. And a lot of them are clearly technology. A lot of them are metaphysical entities. A lot of them are uh, extraterrestrial entities or other humanoids. Uh, so you, you just have to look at what is the description of it, not trust that it's an angel. Because an angel merely just means a messenger of the Lord. Then you have to ask what Lord it is. So that's, that's why I find this interesting here. So Enki is doing the computation of the days on planet Earth, right? Like after they got here... They terraformed. Um, Enki is also the father, uh, one of the fathers, okay? A lot of different fathers, by the way. 
Uh, Enki is the father and he has, he's depicted um, as I have him depicted in this image over here with the rivers flowing around him, the waterfalls. He's depicted as this life force that carved the rivers, right? That, that brought life to these areas. Uh, and in fact, a lot of people saw him as the creator God. A lot of people saw Enlil as the creator God. A lot of people saw Anu as the creator God. And I believe it's because they had technology that was terraforming. Imagine seeing a bunch of ships going and carving out. They're carving out waterways. And then they have a bunch of people who are worshiping them, which is literally indentured servitude. They're feeding them, sacrificing to them. They're also helping dig water courses and remove mud and everything. Of course, there's some larger technology, it sounds like, involved. But there is also a lot of physical labor going on. And the Ajiji are actually, in one of the myths I found today, are from Enki and his wife. They're the lower gods or the Nephilim that you hear about. So the Ajiji are quite literally connected to the Nephilim that you see in the Book of Enoch, uh, which are the men of renown, the giants on the earth, that type thing. Doesn't mean they were necessarily giant, by the way. And maybe there were giants. I'm not saying there were or weren't. But the language used for that is not necessarily that they were giant. It just means they had their large stature. They were renowned. The other created beings that had genetic uh, limitations on them, which was the original design, right? Um, as Enki bred into that population with his wife, um, who was from that population, they created the demigods or the lower gods or the Ajiji. So uh Jacob the truth says no all wrong Yeshua was the son I'm actually going to prove how Enki is the son here Enki is the true son the only begotten son of God by the way uh literally the same terminology uh used for Jesus and so that's why I I do believe I can start proving some of this at least on paper at least as a creative experiment um you know, take it with a grain of salt, but do your own research and you might discover the same things. You might find something I don't. So that's what's fun about this. So, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The Anunnaki, my friend. Absolutely. So. Uh, OK, so Gavin says, uh, if I may ask. If both claims to be the firstborn, then who is Adam and where does he come in? Adam was a genetic modification according to the Anunnaki mythology and the book of Genesis. If you actually read it, you know, with read it with the original Hebrew and actually try to understand what it's saying. Um, Adam or Adapa in the Anunnaki mythology is the first created being the first man who is bound to the earth. He's not, he can't leave the earth because he doesn't have the right genetics to ascend into the heavens and live for a really long time outside of the magnetic and uh, the gravitational pull of Earth. So that's a big key there is that Adam or Adapa was seen perfect. He was seen as the archetype. He wasn't made to work. He wasn't made to make sacrifices. He was actually taken care of. The gods served at his pleasure because he was the first archetype that they were continuing to pull. Thank you for the balloons. That's awesome. I love the balloons. I didn't know that there were balloons on Instagram. So thank you for the Instagram gifts. That's awesome. So um, he was an archetype and they basically took really good care of him like you would a prize cattle, right? Like if you had a prize cow or a bull, um, 
you know, that thing's not going to the slaughter, right? You're keeping it now. He's got buttermilk baths. It's going to the fair. Uh, you're going to be selling off samples of that baby to every farm around, right? Like, think about that. Uh, Jacob, the truth says, do you debate? No, I don't debate, man. I have zero interest in debating. Like, if you think you need to be right over me, go for it. Be right. Be right on your own channel. I'm not saying I'm right. I just research. I look at this stuff. I enjoy exploring it. I enjoy being creative around it. Um, and if you're here to learn, you're in the right place. If you're here to debate, go find somebody else's channel. I don't debate. Doesn't mean I'm not confident in what I talk about, but I just learn too much every day to sit here and debate and tell you I'm right today. Because tomorrow I may prove myself wrong, incorrect, a little bit off of source, or maybe I find new data that gives me a bigger picture. And so, you know, why would I debate something that I have zero, um, there's, I don't have any affinity for these theories that I have. They're theories, okay? Uh, the only thing I know to be true is that the source of God is within me. The only way to access that is through my own heart, my own mind, my own will, to agree to union myself with it, to have yoga with it, and become the Christ. That's what I believe. I'm a metaphysical practitioner, a yogi, um, a mystic. Um, I've been called a witch, a warlock, a Christian mystic, a new ager, whatever you want to call me. I'm just a hippie guy who loves God um, as a metaphysical source within me, uh, really vibes on the message of Jesus. And I think that aliens are real and we were visited in the past and that's how humanity got its start on this planet. That's, that's really kind of how I approach it. So, um, and then all the data I continue to find around that really seems to add up to the same things. But can I prove any of it to the point of debating it and trying to prove someone else wrong? No, no, not at all. And I don't have any uh, any desire to do that. So Tara Edit says, hey, Cub, do you believe in evolution and uh, that we descended from apes? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it, not that we descended, um, even like modern scientists now, and don't quote me on this, go look it up. But there's a lot of more data coming out that there's like, a pretty quick change from the uh, hominid to the like Homo erectus, right? Like where all of a sudden uh, we have, you know, we're upright and we're thinking. Uh, yeah, Frank says I'm a new, I am, I'm a hippie new ager. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, Doxa says heretic, join the club. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, so that's where. Um, yeah, they even if you read Genesis, like what was man created from? It was created from the earth, right? And like the essence of the gods. And so like there's a very clear like they had to start with some genetic material, right? Um, and then the clay, if you look at um, the ancient myths of um, what we were reading, like Epic of Atrahasis and stuff, um, you've got that they're taking clay and I think it's because they're basically we're carbon based. I think that's where the clay comes in scientifically, if that makes sense. That's, that's how I interpret it. Um, and by the way, all of this stuff, you can go to really wild, like esoteric understandings, which just means like hidden. It's kind of the thing where like the clay represents the fact that we go back to the dirt and, blah, 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 or the clay is like the hardened heart and you need the water of God to blah, 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 blah. And I've heard that enough in church, guys. I'm just not really that interested in spinning on those like, you know, way out there esoteric, 
you know, ideologies about it. I like to look at what does the myth actually say? What's the data say? What are the archetypes I should try to become like um, and leave it at that? And that's as, I get pretty esoteric within that framework. But, you know, a lot of these things is like the tree represented this and the apple represented this and blah, blah, blah. You know, no, I, I literally like I think there's literal things in these myths and I think that there's esoteric things and you have to understand how to read them in balance, not just, you know, um, all one way or all the other way, if that makes sense. So, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Men were created in the image of God. Uh, so it's the image of the gods, actually. Uh, Jacob, the truth says uh, men were created in the image of God. So there's literally no data to suggest that. Uh, there's no original like text that says we were created in the image of a singular monotheistic God. In fact, even in the Bible, it says in the image of Elohim. And that Elohim is plural for the gods uh, or the sons of heaven. So... That's where that's where that misconception and that is a huge misconception that the ter the church continues to perpetuate um, and nothing against the church, by the way. I mean, it's good theology. It sounds really good, right? Like I'm in the image of God. No, you're in the image. You are a mishmash of monkey and God, right? Like, I mean, we, we even see that when you study the evolution of man. We don't really know how it happened, but we know that we came from something that was here and evolved into what we are now. And there really was a dawn of man. And even the best evolutionary theorists still can't explain how in seemingly a very short time, like a thousand years or something, all of a sudden man is thinking and understanding and all of a sudden using tools and communicating and writing stuff down. Like it doesn't make any sense, right? So the only thing that actually makes sense but then it leaves more questions. That's why people are afraid of it. It leaves more questions. What if the gods came down? What if they were just people like us from the future, from another time and place, or even another planet? They're trying to save their planet or preserve the solar system. And then they see the monkeys on this planet and they're mining on this planet or doing some sort of work or maybe trying to preserve their own civilization. Um, and they start genetically modifying and terraforming. And then the more they create, People see them terraforming and they go, it's the creator that the God created the earth because they brought the water and they brought this and they built a mountain. They built the pyramid or they did that, you know, and it's like you end up with this worship and they're called cargo cults, by the way, if you've ever heard of a cargo cult. Um, so and this happened a lot, like in World War II, we would like go hit up islands that nobody had ever been to. They'd never these indigenous people, these tiny little islands, nobody had ever seen um anybody right like anybody outside of their tribe and they see planes and boats and then they're bringing all these things and they have like spam in the containers and stuff and like so these these people come in these soldiers come in and you know they they you know purportedly didn't hurt anybody but they you know had spam and they left some of that there and then like literally apparently you know and you you can talk to some people that do this type of work but this is the legend that goes around, and I tend to believe it, is that to this day, some of these people still worship these gods called Spam or S-P-A-M, because Spam was the, what they brought, like the food, the, the food of the gods, right? Like, 
Like what a wild thought, but you got to think how probable that is. Okay. Even if that's total BS and made up, that is a very probable scenario where a cargo cult could arise because a people that hadn't seen someone from the outside, especially technology, um, like planes and boats and stuff like that would, wouldn't have an idea. So if, you know, where the dawn of man happens here and in the Elohim, the gods, the Anunnaki did their thing and they took their essence and the monkey and then they built us to live on this earth and, and limited our lifeline and our life supply here so that we would be a recycled worker, right? Like we get tired, they don't have to take care of us for 100,000 years. They just trim that down. Yeah, you're going to live for 120 years. Because remember, you got people in the Bible living to 900 years, right? Like, why is that? Because we had part of the genetics of the gods. The Anunnaki purportedly, according to the legends, live hundreds of thousands of years. Then if you were to splice that with a monkey, you might get, you know, nine, eight, nine hundred years out of them. But then if you're like, no, we really need these things to expire and create new workers to be fruitful and multiply. Then you trim that down and you're like, yeah, you got 120 years and then you're, you're out of here. And then we continue to search for the elixir of life, right? Like the tree of life. That's why that legend keeps perpetuating and it gets more mystical in every age. Monotheism is such a strange diverging from what humans have believed forever, Dreamstar Oracle says. Absolutely. And it did not come about. It did not come about. It wasn't even, it was, monotheism wasn't even a thing in the time of the Hebrew people worshiping their God, Yahweh. And nothing against them whatsoever, but they, they believed in other gods. In fact, they kept going back and worshiping him. And there was no question to them that there were other gods. And they were just like, anyone that will bless us and help us and stop unaliving us, please listen. They built the statue of a bull. What was the bull? The bull was El. The bull was Anu. Enki came from Anu. Enki had the image of the bull. Like that, that is in Enlil, a.k.a. Yahweh. By the way, the archetype is exactly the same. He hated that. And and that and then you get the Ten Commandments and the law was given and all this stuff. So it's very interesting. You have Enki, um, who uh Yaakov the Truth says, Yes, it's fine. Uh I will love to you who are religious. No, I'm not religious at all. Um, in fact, I'm very deconstructed. Um, love you if you are religious, by the way. I don't have any issue with that. Uh, I'm just offering an alternative. That's that's all I do. Uh, Sandy says, hi, guys. How are you, Sandy? Um, so uh, I am a Gnostic, not agnostic, a Gnostic. Gnostic means that I look at more of the mystical interpretation of the message of Jesus rather than the literal interpretation of the sacrificial lamb type thing. In fact, I'm going to show you today where one of the most famous verses in all of time um, that talks about uh, laying down life for the sheep is literally not what you're told in church. In fact, the words used there, nowhere in that scripture does it talk about being unalived for the sheep. And yet every pastor in the history of time will use that um, as data to show that Jesus was unalived for the sins of humanity. So I'm going to show you how that's not actually according to the scripture uh, or the original, you know, the Greek. The Septuagint, by the way, is what it's called. 
Okay, the god first appeared in written works in the early dynastic period of 2600 to 2334 BCE and was established as an important god of the Akkadians by 2400 BCE before the Common Era. Um, and so then if you look at in a lot of different debate on the dating of when the Israelites were, you know, heading to the promised land and everything. And so, um, but again, they, they were not monotheistic in the way that we believe it today. You've got, uh, there are in the world today, over 7 billion professing Christians. Yet every one of them thinks that there's that nobody believes and that they're all persecuted. And I just want you to ask yourself, why is that? And again, this is nothing against Christianity. I've been a Christian in my life before I'm deconstructed. Uh, doesn't mean I don't follow the message of Jesus, but I don't follow the other people's opinions about him. Therefore, I can't necessarily call myself a Christian because a Christian believes in the doctrine of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus for the sins of humanity. I don't believe in original sin. I don't believe Adam and Eve did anything wrong. I believe that Enki or the serpent literally gave them the truth, and that's not a sin. It was a sin against the plan of some gods that did not have the best for humanity. And even Jesus talks about, uh, you know, that his father gives good gifts. And he's like, would a father give um, a stone in place of a loaf of bread or a serpent in place of a blessing. And he was talking about, or a viper, I think is actually the word used. Serpent is often a good thing within mysticism, uh, but he's talking about like the biting serpent. There's a serpent who's harmless, and then there's a viper who is a biting that will, you know, actually unalive you. And so, you know, he's like, um, you got to think like uh, even Yahweh sent like a plague of all these snakes and stuff. Uh, to the Israelites to bite their heels and, you know, like it, like it makes no sense. And you, you got to start asking yourself, what's the real narrative here? Um, and, you know, if we can get away from worry of um, eternal fiery punishment, right? And you just get away from that and you just say, you know, I don't even need to worry about that because I'm either loved or I'm not, period. Um and if you believe in like the prodigal son, just all he did was return home. It doesn't even say he changed his ways. He was just love, period. And if you just believe that one piece of data out of the Bible, then you don't have to worry about the other one. And then you can explore this alternate view, which makes more sense when you get into it. And most of the people that argue with me have come back and gone, dude, okay, wow, I've seen... I see exactly what you're talking about now. So, um, so RC, the dog says, Cub, have you ever encountered Jesus or do you credit spiritual experiences to him? No, I've never like, you know, you got a lot of people that talk about, they had a, a encounter with the Lord Jesus or whatever. I've encountered, um, what you would call fractal beings and stuff like that, but I never, um, I also believe, and this is nothing against anyone, I believe that all of those experiences where people see the face of Jesus, it's literally our mind creating a tulpa. I study tulpa a lot. I'm obsessed with the idea of tulpa. Tulpa is where your mind and your heart and your energies create an entity that becomes like a spirit animal or a spirit friend of you um, using daemon, daemonic technology, which is a spiritual technology of electrostatic energies that are uncreated 
And when we create them into something, uh, they hold in kind of a metaphysical space. And the more the, the more people we get to agree to that, then uh, and there's some really weird studies done with these like really fringe studies where um, they would like have a bunch of people meditate on a person and, and view exactly what their characteristics were that you get really specific with it. And then that person would show up in real life and then they couldn't get rid of that person like that person. And that person actually started going what they would you know, say going crazy because it's like they didn't understand why the people that had created it and that they're supposed to be talking with creepy pastas. Yeah, exactly. Shelly um, wouldn't go away. And like, you know, once you quit thinking of that person, it was already created right now, did they magnetize a certain person? Were they already given that image of that person and it just drew that person to? Like, we don't really know, okay? And you can go look up some of these weird experiments. Um, you know, I'll try to find some of them so I can cite them, but they're really creepy. And that's why when a lot of people say, well, I had an encounter with Jesus and my Jesus told me this. And then the next person says, I had an encounter with Jesus and he told me this. I had an encounter with Yeshua and he told me his name was Yeshua. I had an encounter with Isa and he told me his name is Isa. I had an encounter with, you know, the pasta goblin and he's the true savior. And he told me this. Well, guys, it's because it's we're all pieces of the one divine. And we are literally have the authority to co-create whatever we want. Uh, that's why manifesting is such a real phenomenon and using it for things like money and cars and stuff is like the lowest vibration. That's why people struggle with it, even working on that level. Cause you really, to worry and think about a lot of that stuff, you have to be at a lower vibration. And if you're at a lower vibration, your manifesting power is not really tuned in. If you're at a higher vibration and you're imagining super creative things like a child, very childlike, like Jesus talked about, then you're going to like start seeing, oh, there's my spirit animal. Now I see like me, oh, I see ravens all the time. Now, the more I meditate on my little spirit animal, uh, which is Dimitri, the more I see ravens everywhere. Right. Like in, uh, and, and if I don't see them outside in real life, I just see them in artwork or images all the time. And it's so weird. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a really interesting thing. So, um, Let's see. Da, da, da. Okay, do me a favor, guys. I don't care if you guys talk at all, but Jacob, the truth, if you ever come back in here and start stealing people out of my live for your live, we got a problem, okay? If you want to collaborate with me, that's one thing. But don't be funneling my viewers to your live, okay? That goes against policies of all of these platforms, and it's a total move, okay? Don't be a... Stop doing that. If I catch you doing that again, dude, we're going to have a problem. So don't do that, okay? I, I work too hard to have people coming on here trying to prove their point and then steal people off of my live to go to theirs. Don't do it. It's That's not like, that is the, the rudest thing to do. Um, let's just not do that, okay? And anybody that's going over to watch their live, that's not cool either, okay? I don't care if you watch someone else's live, but if you have a question... I'm happy to talk about that here, but I'm not going to let you on my live and debate. And if that offends you, then you need to go be a creator on your own and go get your own audience and quit siphoning mine. So not cool, man. Not cool. Um, Catherine says, I posted you to my Facebook page. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate that. So um, 
Tara Edits says, Cub, is it my fault at all? I have no, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I just know this guy coming in here. Um, I have no idea what he's talking about half the time here, saying things that don't even make sense. I don't know if I'm seeing all the comments either. So I don't know what happened. I'm just saying that's not cool. Uh, you can fellowship. Okay. I don't care. I don't care if you fellowship, but don't jack people out of my life, man. Okay. That, that is like creator 101, brother. And you just broke trust with that. So um, no, no, sir. Uh, in fact, you're blocked on YouTube. So peace. Um, I'm sorry, guys. It's Friday. And my BS meter is has already been topped out this week. So I'm just not going to do it. So uh, Catherine says, love your work and style already. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate that. Um, Molly says, what platform is D-Bag on? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, he was talking about Discord or something. I don't, I don't know what they were doing. But, um, you know, again, I don't mind people meeting and collaborating and stuff like that. But literally, when you're spamming my comments, the guy had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty something comments, and then is starting to tell people, "Hey, I'm going to go live. Come watch." You know, like, come on, that don't that ain't fellowshipping, okay? You can be like, "Hey, when this is over, I'd love to talk more to you guys, or maybe join my community and we can actually talk and collaborate." You know, that's the honorable thing to do, in my humble opinion. So, Sandra says, "Yes, block and delete." Yeah, absolutely. I use the bug zapper button, so. So they're gone. I appreciate appreciate you guys uh, supporting that. Um, Dreamstar Oracle, getting back on topic. Love this. Had an encounter with myself, um, and it was psyche breaking. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, like, we can manifest ourselves or our God or whatever. It's so many different things. Um, there's a concept of having a neutral, fluent substance of a God, uh, or a metaphysical or a quantum God. It's talked about uh, within the Bhagavad Gita. It's talked about within the Tibetan Book of the Dead. It's talked about even, I believe, by Jesus talking about his father being in spirit and in truth. Um, and it's really, really interesting. And I have a theory on that. If Jesus is an Anunnaki, and I'm going to get back to reading the text here because it gets really, really interesting. If Jesus is an Anunnaki, then... Uh, and his father was Anu. And I'm going to show you where he is the beloved son of Anu. And Jesus is the beloved son of God. Like we've got some really weird parallel here. Um, so, and then if Anu, who didn't live forever, because Anu is a Anunnaki God, not something else. If he was unalived and moved into the 5D or ascended into a metaphysical and he had kind of lived out his you know, and, and he's ascending and Jesus is talking about like, my father is, my father's not manifesting anymore because he's actually in a different realm. He's actually ascended. He's actually in spirit and in truth. Then we have a different narrative there. I don't necessarily love that theory because I don't understand it very well. I do understand Jesus as a mystic just appearing on the scene and teaching about a quantum God and teaching about metaphysics, okay? And I don't say that is in physics. I mean, it does base some on physics, but metaphysics outside of our known understanding, but about this kingdom of God within you. He said the kingdom of God is not a physical place. It doesn't come with observable signs. The kingdom of God is within you and it is all around you. 
Um, and in the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, when you lift the log, I am, or when you split the log, I am there. When you lift the rock, I am there. He's talking about him being everywhere, right? It's like a metaphysical thing. Uh, Ghost says only um, uh, India talked like Jesus. No one else, you can match it up. Yeah, exactly. Like Jesus sounded exactly like um, a, you know, a, a Krishna follower, yogi, uh, that came down out of the mountains of India and began to teach in Judea. Uh, very Buddha. Yeah, absolutely. Very enlightened. Um, and so that's where I think the message of Jesus is fantastic. It's totally different than what you see with the Anunnaki gods, totally different than what you see in the old mythologies. But I do really dig Enki, and for the purposes of continuing this kind of archetypical connection, uh, we're going to read some of this, and I'll try to get my voice back here. Uh, for Melissa, I'll do the, the, the movie voice. Um, so we're talking about, uh, Father Enki, you are king of the assembled people. You are only open, you are only to open your mouth for everything to multiply and for plenty to be established. Your branches green with fruit do honor the gods and in the forests, like a fleecy garment, good sheep and good lambs do honor too. when the prepared field will accumulate stockpiles and stacks. There is oil, there is milk, produce by the sheepfold and cowpen. The shepherd sweetly sings his rustic song. The coward spends the day rocking his churns. Their products would do honor to the late lunches in the God's great dining hall. Your word fills the young man's heart with vigor and that, like thick-horned bull, he butts about in the courtyard. Your word bestows loveliness on the young woman's head, so that people in the settled cities gaze at her wonder. And then we have a piece missing. And Lil, the great mountain, has commissioned you to gladden the hearts of the lords and rulers and to wish well. Enki, lord of prosperity, lord of wisdom, lord, the beloved of Anu the ornament of Iridog, the established commands and decisions who well understands the decreeing of fates. You close up the days and make the months enter their houses. You bring down, missing a piece. You have reached their number. You make people dwell in their dwelling places. You make them follow their herdsmen. You turn their weapons away from their houses. You make the people safe in their dwellings. When Anki goes forth, and there's my wife, and the dogs have to leave now. When Anki goes forth to the people, where was I? Um, the good seed will come forth. Um, and so what this actually says here, which I can't say online, is what it's saying is literally when Enki procreates with the people, good seed will come forth. So remember the Watchers, and they were interbreeding with humanity, and that was a sin to one of the gods. This is literally saying that when Enki does that, good seeds, good lineages will come forth. Uh, when Ninamud goes forth to the good pregnant ewes, good lambs will be born. Um, when he goes forth to uh, the cows, good calves will be born. When he goes forth to the good goats, Good kids will be born. Oh, 
Zelda, come on. Come on. My dog. Coming back in. Um, so it's talking about like basically he's a lord of making sure that you know everything is at the highest potential genetically. It's literally what this is talking about here. Um, and, and I'm not making that up. That's this is an Enki in the world order. This is an ancient mythology. You can go read it. Um, it's there's a bunch of different versions online. I just liked this random translation I found. Um, I am in the process of trying to source translations for my community where they can live in our own archive. Um, I've heard about some ways I can do that and I need to figure out how I can do that because there should be, there should be public domain versions of these. If I can find public domain versions, then in theory, I can actually archive them on our platform. I'm looking into doing that, but I've got to get the legalities of it and talk to some people that know what they're doing around that, see what I can do to create our own library of these original texts. Now, part of the problem is, is a lot of these were translated by scholarly sources and they are copyrighted under that scholarly translator. So that's a big issue. I got to figure out if that's even a, a possibility for us to do so. Okay, so there's that. And then we have this, and this gets really interesting here. So, um, and in fact, I'm gonna back up and just read that one, uh, let me get to it, that one spot, because this is super important. Title of the Beloved. So, Lord of Prosperity, Enki, Lord of Prosperity, Lord of Wisdom, Lord the beloved of Anu, King Anu. King Anu was the most high God, by the way. He's L in the Pantheon, okay? He's L in the Canaanite Pantheon. In the Anunnaki Pantheon, it's An, A-N, or Anu. Um, and that's a very, very important disclaimer to understand this. So, um, then Anki also refers to himself by saying, I am the firstborn of Anu. And then Jesus um, is referred to in Colossians 1.15. It says, Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of all creation. I am the firstborn of On. Again, On was the creator God. They, they would have seen him creating things, right? Um, I don't know, guys. You can't make this up. Um and then, similarly in the Bible, in Matthew 3, 17, and I love what the, the Gospels actually say here, God's voice from heaven declares Jesus as my son, the beloved in whom I did delight. This parallel suggests that both Lord Enki and Jesus Christ hold special and beloved status in their respective belief systems. And again, I'm proposing here, I don't think that they're set, well, they're, they're different belief systems, but I don't think they're necessarily different stories. Um Yes. So could this be prior to Sumer? You know, Sumer is probably the oldest civilization we can find from what I, my research is. Um, and, it, and originally, and I found this out from uh, Zachariah Sitchin's book, uh, it was actually Schumer. Um, and I didn't realize that. And so, but there are, there are in Schumer or the Schumerian tablets, there are references to God's that do not hold the same type of language and do not have the same meaning as Enki, Anu, those type of things. These gods are super hard to pronounce and they don't follow any 
any of the prescribed understandings of how these gods were laid out. And so it's a reference and a hint to a prior civilization or a prior documentation or oral tradition that's talking about some other gods that we don't have a clue about. So uh, really, really interesting. So Tara Edit says, Cub, I'm back. Um, he was getting angry for not joining his live. Sorry I missed uh, any problems uh, I caused on the channel. No worry, Tara. No, no, no. I'm not upset with you at all. It's just, and you didn't do anything wrong. It's, it's uh, you know, it's just that mentality. And I don't want to rag on anybody. You know, people that do that kind of thing, they're not, uh, they're not thinking or whatever, or they, they, they want to prove their point. That's why, you know, most people, they ask me, do you want to debate? I already know what type of person that is. Uh, cause again, I don't want to debate anything. I want to explore everything. So that, that's kind of how I approach it. But, um, so anyway, there's some weird connections and you guys, uh, I've got a couple more I want to share here and then I'm going to take some questions and then I'm going to jump off today cause it's Friday. I'm going to spend some time with my wife, try to chill this afternoon. Um, I do want to remind you guys, and I, uh, I told you something big was coming on the 23rd. And I want to remind you guys, there's now a countdown clock because my Mythos Insider membership is going to be changing prices for all of the tiers of it in exactly one day, seven hours, 38 minutes and 28 seconds. Okay. I'm not joking. I've had many people say, I'm going to join soon. I'm going to join whatever when dot, dot, dot. Well, if you want to join, do it now. Um, and if you want to know more about that, um, all you have to do is scan this handy dandy little QR code here. Um, and that's going to get you over there. You'll see this timer. You can scroll down and you can find a whole lot of info and data. You guys know I love the data on my Mythos Insider. And right now you can get it for only seven bucks a month. Um, with this, you're going to access insider content. This is one of the coolest parts of this. I make special specific videos just for our mythos community secret insider video channel. You, there's a whole separate video channel built on my website where you log into my website. We also have an app. Um, you're going to get extended three minute videos over there. So you guys know, I only do like the 50, 60 second videos on the public platforms. And I do three minute videos over there. Every video I do is three minutes. So I give you a lot more context. I'm uploading daily, regular daily uploads, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, I also do behind the scenes videos over there of like me out and about, if I have a download or a thought or something I wanna share, you just get a whole lot more access, a whole lot more insider stuff going on. Then you get the private community, which we have a, a community hub platform. It is a safe space, social experience. So it's not like your regular social media or your discords or anything. This is only people that are supporting my content on my platform in a safe social media style space. Um, it is a family friendly space over there, which is fantastic for a lot of you guys that maybe you're coming out of the church and you're deconstructing and you don't necessarily want to join a spiritual community that's all rah, 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 or dumping all kinds of weird stuff in there. And you still want that family friendly uh, environment of a tribe and a community together. This is a great place for you to do that. Community chat and feed and then virtual meetups, guys. Come and meet myself. Come and meet the other members of the community. Um, share your engagement with like minds. Ask questions, comments, prayer concerns. 
Um, we have multiple meetups going on a week, so you're sure to be able to join. There's a community-driven and operated one on Wednesday nights. They normally do a book study. They just had like an open chat the other night. And then on Saturdays, I'm on, and I normally have a collaborator from the community or outside the community. So if you guys want to join, scan that QR code, be my guest, one click, cancel anytime, cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com is the website. There it is. Don't miss out, guys. When that timer times out, I'm telling you, uh, you'll be going, wow, I really should have joined earlier. So uh, go join now. Go join now. Appreciate you guys. Honeybee, thank you for the roses. Um, and that is an appropriate place, guys, to have a conversation with me, by the way. Um, not to debate, not to try to steal people from somebody's community or on a live, um, you know, infiltrating the comments kind of thing. Um, if you really care about what I'm talking about and teaching and, and theorizing and just the vibe of what we're doing here, again, I mean, you can spend $7 a month on a lot of really sugary coffee drinks or a bunch of junk food or a bunch of TV things that you don't even need to stream, right? Um, so it's a win-win. And then you can cancel if you don't love it. Again, uh, you know, we've got a really high retention rate. So thank you guys. Um, if you do have any questions about it, reach out to me and I'll make sure that you get signed up and set up uh, easily and completely and that you know you, you get all your questions answered about it. So um, let's see comments here. I wanted to answer comments here. Um, you guys are having some awesome conversations. God has seven spirits, seven expressions of himself. Look up Elohim, seven gods. So, uh, Azrael, the seven gods are also the seven Anunnaki gods, by the way. Uh, literally, Anu, Anki, Enlil, and then there's a bunch of the female deities in there. Well, those are, it's the same seven. Um, you know, it, it, it's wild. It connects. It all connects. Um, and that's not... You know, again, in my theory, that's not some mystical, metaphysical God characteristics of that God. These are the seven deities that came down that people interacted with and took data down about. And a lot of different tribes worship different ones. And then the more energy and power you give to that in the metaphysical, then you take the I am within and begin to create Tulpa out of that. And then you end up here we are maybe even 10,000 years later, God only knows at this point, still worshiping archetypes of these gods who have very real power within the hearts and minds of people on this earth, which we know manifests reality. And therefore you end up with a paradigm of physical deities who came down with their technology and spiritual technology that you already have within you because you're living and breathing and the quantum works within all and you have consciousness to observe it. So you have two phenomena going on here. Physical technology in the three-dimensional realm with a highly advanced species. And then you have metaphysical practitionership, which is all based on mind. It's all based on your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, all working together to create your reality. And that's how I decode all of this. That's that's my separators that I put in there. Uh, how do you understand this, by the way? If you like what I'm talking about, and you're like, this is really cool, Cub, but I don't really like, how do I even get to an understanding of this? Um, number one is ask. You know, I've had to ask, ask 
like within, ask that truth within or your God or whatever that is to give it to you in the universe. Like, give me the truth. I want to see how all this fits together. And I don't have any affinity or affiliation with any thought process or belief system. I'm willing to deconstruct all of that if I can find truth. And I was able to do that in 2020. And since then, it's been a wild log ride. It's a flume ride, if you will, like at the old fairs, you know, uh, that's what it's felt like. So uh, Melissa says, love the community meetups. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to join your cub club. Catherine says, Catherine, I would love to have you. You can scan that or just hit up the link in my bio or the about section. Uh, Catherine, if you're on Facebook, you just click on my profile picture. Should have my official website right there under my name. So um, thank you. Thank you. Look forward to meeting you, my friend. Cool. Panda says, good evening. What's up, my friend? Uh, Thuso says, I cannot disagree with the fact that there are other gods and Lord, uh, but in all that mishmash, you're, uh, you're not going on. There's one true God, the almighty God and many Lords, but Jesus is the Lord of Lords. So, and that's, and I'm not refuting that either. Um, but again, I'm trying to give a clear picture on what that is. That language came out post time of Jesus. That, that language and that understanding, that archetype came out later. And if you look at um, Anu, Enki, and Enlil, the, the three, you have the, the Father in heaven. Then you have Enki is Lord of the earth, and Enlil is Lord of the air. He was promoted to Lord of the command, and he claimed the earth for his own. Enki then was sent out into the marshlands, into the water, as a serpent amongst the reeds. He then spoke to Atrahasis, or Ziasugra, his half-son, and said, Enlil is bringing a flood, and he's going to let all of humanity perish because he's done with this experiment, and he's tired of it. And that's where we get all of that from. And so who is the Lord of Lords in all of that? And there's this idea of the Christ or the anointed the chrism oil, uh, the Krishna, and that is an entity, a light body, a fractal. That's a whole metaphysical concept. And what I'm trying to do is separate some of these Anunnaki mythologies, some of these biblical mythologies, some of the things that people claim that they literally laid eyes on. And yet Jesus is like, no man has stood face to face with the Father. The Father's in spirit and in truth. Kingdom doesn't come with visible signs. You will not see a spaceship. You will not see a new Jerusalem. You will not see any of this stuff that you hear about in Revelation or you hear about in the Old Testament. That is all an Anunnaki kingdom. And that's not the one that this Jesus, this mystical figure was speaking of. So when I beg the question here, is Jesus Anki? The similarities are amazing. I mean, there's uh, there's there's so many I didn't even put in here because that's just all kinds of other content. We've got divine affiliation, association with wisdom, divine approval and delight, teaching and guidance. I mean, all these archetypes are exactly the same. Yet we know from these these Anunnaki mythologies that these are physical characters interacting with each other. And if they're just devices for mental concepts to try to understand spiritual concepts, then that's fine. Maybe that's real. But with ancient astronaut theory, the way I look at a lot of this through, it makes sense to me that these were actual 
the actual offspring of Anu, which is an evolved being from another planet with technology. And they were running on kind of this, what we used to use in royal times, where um, even back then, like Anu married his sister. And that was where the divine line came from. And if you married a half sister, you might get better genetics, but it wasn't considered the heir to the throne. And that, according to some of the mythologies, is why Enlil ended up with the throne of the earth and became the god of this world when Anki, a.k.a. Jesus, was supposed to inherit the earth. Because actually he was the firstborn, yet you ended up with the one that had the genetics according to their tradition and law, but not necessarily the perfected ones because they actually were able to strengthen the genes by not interbreeding with family members, as we know today, right? Like we understand that today. Uh, because this wasn't weird back then, right? And it wasn't weird in our royal times. It wasn't weird in our mythological times. It wasn't even weird in pre-biblical times. Like, so that's where, like, we just have to understand the bigger picture of all this. RC says, uh, makes sense. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Euros is Sumerian. Yeah, exactly. Talking about the Sumerian mythologies today. Um, have I looked into the Babylonian mythology besides Anunnaki? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're reading all of it. Um, but when when you say besides Anunnaki, what are you referring to? Because pretty much all of the Babylonian mythologies are referencing some of these deities that are considered Anunnaki. Because Anunnaki isn't a race, it's a classification. It's beings from the stars um, or from heaven, heaven to earth king. That's uh, some people translate it as royal bloodline uh, or princely bloodline. Uh, but again... You, we know that Enlil was Lord of the Air. He was a storm god, uh, a god of power. Um, we remember Jesus talked about you can't serve two masters, like you can't serve power and wisdom. And you see a lot of people in power that seemingly lack a lot of wisdom, and you got a lot of wise people that are living on the streets, right? Like, what's the, what's up with that? Catherine says, "Wow, that's deep." Absolutely. So I don't know. Um, I don't claim to know how all this fits together perfectly, but I promise you I will keep exploring it. I promise you I will keep pushing the boundaries of what it means to research this type of thing and to really dig and try to understand it first person so I can reteach it back in a way that maybe more people start to understand. Hey, Shelly, how are you doing? I hope you're having a beautiful day. Um, and Molly, thanks for joining. I didn't get to welcome Molly earlier because we had a we had an issue, right? Uh, but the issue is resolved. And Molly, thank you for your support on that. Um, Truth train rolling by, absolutely, Shelley. Um, Tara Edit says, "Now I don't believe that Jesus is Anki, uh, but yet I believe he's a person who reached enlightenment and spread the light of humanity." But then again, Jesus said he was the serpent in the secret book of John. Exactly. So. How do we know what our archetypes and what our story devices to understand an esoteric concept? And how do we know what's potentially literal or historical? We don't. We don't. And that's the biggest kicker with all of this stuff. We've got to have love and light. And if we don't have love and we have all the understanding in the world, it doesn't even matter. So approaching it with love and openness is really the most important thing to me with all of this, rather than trying to prove one way or another. But it's pretty, pretty wild, pretty wild how connected all of this stuff is. 
By the way, we are at 496 roses on TikTok. Can we get to 1,000 stars on Facebook as well? If you guys have enjoyed this today, even if you plan on joining the Mythos membership, please drop some roses, drop some hearts and stars. Uh, the stars on Facebook, if you go down there like you're going to comment on your phone, you can click on the little star icon and select how much you want to give. Um, if you want to give 500 stars, that's only like five bucks. Um, same thing over here on the roses. You guys can back up the roses, back up the train here and drop, like get that up to a thousand. Let's get it on a thousand on both platforms here. That would be awesome. And then we got some new welcome, uh, the welcome wagon for some new members here. And the new members, you guys are going to love it. You just get so much more. Um, you get just this constant stream of conversations and just access to be able to ask questions, dig deeper. And then, of course, the Saturday calls, um, of course, the Wednesday night events, too, that the community is doing. Uh, there's, it is a way to keep you connected to seeking your own truth. And if you vibe with this, I promise you there's not another community, there's not another membership out there that has the same open-minded approach to everything that we do and will help you explore things in a way. It's pretty hard to go post on Facebook. Hey, family. Hey, all my brothers and sisters and mom and dad. I think Jesus might be Lucifer. or I think Jesus might be Enki. What do you think? I'm going to tell you right now. I've experienced it. There are very uncomfortable conversations. There are weird texts in the middle of the night from friends or ex-friends at this point. Um, and I got to tell you, it, it's it's not easy out there. As you start digging into some of these deeper concepts and you're really seeking truth, finding support is really important. And I promise you guys, I'm trying to make this affordable for everybody so I can still support what I'm doing. And I ensure that I show up every single day for this. So thank you. Thank you for the support. But I also promise you that I'm going to deliver so much value. Somebody the other day was like, oh, you're just like a church. You just tithe, you know, go tithe to a church. At least they're real, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, to this person, like, go tithe to a church $7 a month and join my $7 a month membership and tell me which you get more value out of. Because I promise you, I will back the truck up with value and deliver you a ton of value through this membership. And when you do that at a church, it just goes on their ledger. There's no, there's nothing, you know, it's like, I mean, I guess you're winning heaven points or Jesus points or something, but uh, I'm not giving you heaven or Jesus points. I'm just giving you value. And that's important to me. Uh, I come from a world of marketing and sales and uh, delivering products to people that actually help people. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this while building an authentic community. I'm not here to hawk a, another course on somebody or tell you to buy this and it's going to fix your life. But ultimately, like what we're doing today, who else is reading Enki in the World Order? I mean, this is wild stuff. Like this is out there. And yet we see some of the same language, especially when read with a slight British accent and a bit of a um, storyteller attitude like I did earlier. It really takes on a different, uh, a different vibe. So wh what's the deal with all of this? Why do we have these ancient mythologies that are basically telling the same stories? that we have over in the Bible. Well, it's because everything comes from something. There's nothing new under the sun. Every story has already been told and will be told. And I want to share the final verse I wanted to share today. This is wild. So this is where um, 
In John 10, 11, you can look this up and go over to biblehub.com and look at the Greek on this. And I'm going to prove to you because, guys, I do not believe that Jesus ever said he was going to be unalive for you. That's a church thing. That's a Roman Catholic thing. That's a dogma and doctrine thing. In fact, if you study the deeper occult things like I often do, it's considered blood magic. It's literally a ritual that literally billions of people practice every Easter, every Christmas. They, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and some churches do it every week. And you're saying this thing over and over and about how you're a horrible sinner and you need a sacrifice and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's low key cannibalism. Sophia says, lovely name, by the way. Love that, my friend. Exactly. And so I don't, for once, believe that Jesus ever intended that. Now we do have the the verses and I'm going to do a whole last supper thing at some point uh, where Jesus is going through, take eat, this is my body, give it for you, blah, blah, blah. But again, I'm going to show you exactly what I think the Greek on that means. And I don't think it means, hey, I'm going to go to the cross for you here. We have the narrative around that. But again, you have the narrative and then you have a few things that Jesus said and did. There's a whole theory that Jesus survived the cross, that they were just trying to unalive him. And he actually survived because he fasted beforehand. He raised his spirit. Uh, he commanded authority over his body and that he wasn't on the cross long enough. And that, you know, he was ultimately taken down. They made the show of it. Um, and then he was um, able to be revived and leave the tomb. And that him and Mary Magdalene went to India after he did some more teaching and was really a higher ascended master at that point. He had survived unalivement. That's a theory. And, you know, and if that threatens your salvation, trust me, I'm not here to do that. Okay. If you want, if you believe that, I don't think that you're any less than anyone. I don't think that you're better than anyone either. I think that that's another interpretation of it. And for me, I don't think that my everlasting soul is bound to any of those dogmatic belief systems that I have to say, this is this or that is that. So for me, it's still a really epic story. If he was able to understand metaphysics and how to survive that. And then he went to India and lived out his days. And that's a happy story to me. And that he totally, yeah, it's a catch 22. Absolutely. Um, I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys my teaching will never be unalived. Yes, exactly. John 8:51 doxa. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So, anyway, in John 10:11, this will blow your mind, guys. I'm going to read it just normal and then I want you guys uh to read it with me in the Greek. So, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And now there is all of this commentary. There's the pulpit commentary, there's the master's commentary, blah blah blah, and it's all going to talk about and it does talk about how um, you know, of course, this is foreshadowing the cross, blah, blah, blah. But if you read the Greek, I, ego, is the word in Strong's 1473. Ego, I am, uh, which is I am or exist. There's the I am there. The ego exists. The good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Okay, so good comes from kalos, Strong's 2570, meaning properly beautiful, and chiefly good, valuable, or virtuous. That's pretty self-explanatory. Shepherd is Strong's 4166, meaning a shepherd, uh, the feeder, protector, or ruler of a flock of men of uncertain affinity, a shepherd. The 
good, again, Kalos, shepherd, again, lays down his life for the sheep. Okay. Lays down. This will blow your mind. Because that, that has to mean that he's willing to be unalive for a sheep, right? Like that's that's what we all know it to mean. No, it actually says to put, to place, to lay, to set, to fix, to establish. So a more accurate interpretation of this might be the good shepherd establishes his life. But what is life? It comes from suko meaning breath, spirit. So I have set apart, established my spirit for the sheep. Pretty wild, huh? I don't know. I, that shook me today, guys. It shook me. I think that is gold. I think that is gold. What do you guys think that means? Because, uh, again... Let, let's just read that in what I think is the literal version of this. I am the good shepherd. I am the good protector. The good protector establishes his spirit for the sheep. And this makes a lot of sense when you realize that Enki and Enlil were quite literally supposed to be protectors, preservers, and perpetuators of human life on the planet. They were shepherds. And what Jesus, and possibly, possibly, if you interpret it this way, Enki is saying, is I'm the good shepherd, and I've set apart my spirit. In fact, I'm building an entire metaphysical universe for my sheep. And it doesn't have to do with what my brother's doing. And so is there a chance that Jesus and Yahweh are actually brothers? From the original time, the serpent, a.k.a. Lucifer, a.k.a. Jesus, are actually brothers with Yahweh and Lil, a.k.a. Satan. And if that lost you right there, don't worry. I promise I'll talk a lot more about this. I'm not saying Jesus is Satan. I'm saying the biblical God is most likely or is certainly more associated with the same exact characteristics of the beast in Revelation, a.k.a. Satan, the God of this world, who took the world by force and was supposed to remain in the air as a storm god, as one to churn the atmospheres, while Enki was supposed to rule as a good shepherd and the lord of this earth, but he was sent to the waters. Why do you think Jesus is obsessed with baptism, the rebirth, all of those things? Brandon says, I'm a ufologist from Hawaii and have made contact in Hawaii during the 2020. Good for you, brother. That is awesome. i uh, got a lot of people in our community that are contactees as well. That is fantastic, my friend. Thanks for joining. Um, Marco says, I think that could be for real. I believe in that. Uh, Catherine says, unalive. Yeah. I say that for the algorithm, by the way, because you start saying the other word and you say it too many times. Algorithms don't like that. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. I try to bring good family-friendly content to the platforms. It's entertaining, enlightening. That's what I do. So Jesus is the living water, Molly says. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And so I don't know, the, the archetypes and the characteristics go deep. They go deep. Uh, Chris, I'm sorry. I can't see all of your comment. It cuts it off on my software. I'll have to go back and read it, but thank you for the comment, my friend. Um, yeah, absolutely. Tara edits. I, I totally vibe with that, you know, and, and again, doesn't have to, doesn't have to change my destiny. Right. That's what I believe. So are we all living water boy? That's the truth. Absolutely. Uh, cool Panda says to Tara edits, I have read the Emerald tablet as well as 15 tablets and all the things Jesus did is possible. If you went to the mystery schools, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I love the mystery schools, you know, um, all the alchemy, uh, alchemy of the soul specifically, um, Thoth, you know, we've done some of the tablets of Thoth before, uh, Hermes Trismegistus, uh, the original magician, right? Uh, it may even have the same archetype as Melchizedek, right? I mean, some of this stuff, like when we read through the Bible, you got to understand that these characters in the Bible, the names and places were changed to protect the innocent, right? Like that's where, we, you know, <laughs> we call them by certain names. It doesn't mean that's what they were actually phonetically called in history. That's just, you ask anybody. I mean, go, you know, look into it. Uh, Noah was Zisudra um, or Atrahasis. Uh, then you got the Enoch archetypes. It's it, it runs deep. So uh, almost almost at ninety minutes here. I got to get my notification from TikTok, guys. Almost, come on, we're almost at a thousand roses. If you've enjoyed this, give me a round of applause with roses. I know we got new people on, so not everybody should be the same ones to donate. But if you're new, if you just jumped on in the last 30 minutes or something, and you can drop some stars or roses on TikTok, I really appreciate that. Stars on Facebook. Super Chats on, on uh, YouTube, by the way. Super helpful. YouTube makes it really easy. You can select exactly how much uh, fiat money you want to, to donate to my channel, and it'll pick a gift for you. So you just go decide over there, um, and that's super easy. What's up, Rachel? How are you doing? Welcome, my friend. Uh, Tara edits says, sheep, not worshipers, shepherd, not Messiah, but teacher, Christ or Buddha, higher state of mind. It's a title. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it depends on how you look at it and how did the God look at it? Uh, originally, they were supposed to look at us as we're shepherding them. We're going to make sure they continue. Um, and then it turned into we're just going to make sure they worship us and serve us. Uh, rather than okay, they did their job. Now let them rest. No, they still have to. They still have to show up with alms and thank us and feed us. They're doing all our work, but we still want them to barbecue for us at the end of the day. And, and it's literally what was going. I mean, literally is what was going on. If you read the mythologies, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't even differ from what I just said. Go read the mythologies and then reread your Bible and go. So every time they did this for Yahweh and it was a specific recipe with certain herbs, you're saying he was barbecuing certain fowl and beasts? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. They were carnivorous, highly evolved beings. Doesn't mean they were ascended, but they were highly evolved. They also liked the first fruits of the field. Basically, those ones you pulled off that didn't have any bugs. It was the good, the good fruits, right? Like, think about all of that. Uh, and then we take this and we try to spin that into, 
Are you going to allow the first fruits of your life to go to the church and go to God and, you know, the 10% of the time? Guys, no, no, stop it. It's not what any of that means. It's easy to spin it into that if you have an angle. But originally, we're just feeding them. We're just showing up with the alms. We're just showing up with their dinner. Thanks for a hard day's work. Thanks for creating us and enslaving us. Thanks for kicking us out of the garden where we had everything we needed and making us work for the rest of our lives. Thanks for shortening our life. And by the way, please don't unalive us in one of these awful storms that you bring. So here's more. I don't see any balance in the computation of a metaphysical existence and understanding that we have the kingdom of God within us and we are co-creators of that I am force. Shelly says, you blew my mind yesterday, Cub, and you made the connection uh, that they had a sacrifice to them and feed them and you took uh, and took the karma for unaliving. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, cause they knew, they knew there was karma in it, right? Like when you take a life, you're incurring karma. Well, if they're going to end your life in 120 years and you're just going to reincarnate on the same prison planet, what's the big deal, right? Then they get to eat all they want. You're the one spilling the blood. They're not. Oh man, guys, this is good stuff today. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, um, eternal ruler. Welcome my friend. Uh, Eternal Ruler, go check out the replay on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, it's also going to be on Apple or Spotify. Everything's on my website, www.cubkuker.com. Um, it's a great place. You can find all my socials there. I'm about to jump off. Uh, we've had a great, great episode today. Been a fantastic episode. I really appreciate all you guys. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the roses and the stars. Molly, love you, my friend. Tara Edits, love you, my friend. Shelly, love you. Uh, everybody that was in here. Uh, who did we have? We had uh, Ashley and uh, who else was on? Melissa was on earlier. Yeah, like like we got a bunch of our tribe on today. So thank you guys. And uh, if you want to be called part of the tribe, that's where you get it over there at the Mythos membership, by the way. I refer to our tribe quite a bit. That's kind of our internal name. We really are a tribe. We're a family. So it's just a really cool place, guys. Don't don't miss out. Uh, get in before that countdown timer because I'm going to, again, I'm going to, you know, tweak the prices a bit. And you might not be happy about what they are. But if you get in now, they'll stay locked in. So I'm not going to go up on anybody. It's just the new people getting in. It's going to be a bit of a different price. So um, thank you guys for the love today. Thank you so much for allowing me to do what I love doing and explore these ideas. Whether you believe they're true or they're theories or you're still figuring it out, I think we're all figuring it out. Um, one of my biggest disclaimers here is that we love and respect um, all races, religions, orientations, identities, and cultures. So nothing I talk about is against anybody. This is merely my observations and research. So thank you. Love you. Y'all have a beautiful day. God bless you. Namaste and peace.